Welcome to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur show with me, Brenda Hector. I'm a business growth specialist helping business owners to develop themselves and grow their businesses so they can achieve their goals and enjoy the lifestyle they dream of. I'm also on a mission to revolutionise the entrepreneurial landscape for women in business. In every podcast episode, I interview someone who has an inspiring story or some great advice for women aiming to start or scale their businesses. If you're new to the show, take a moment to subscribe and please check out the previous ones after listening to this. We've got an awesome community on Facebook. Just search for Scale Her Up and join in. I'm absolutely delighted today to have Sandy Forster from Wildly Wealthy on the Scale Her Up podcast this morning. Well, this morning in Aberdeen, Scotland. Sandy's my first international guest on the podcast. So welcome, Sandy. Yeah, where exactly are you? I am on the beautiful Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. And thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be your first international guest. (laughs) <laughs> it's great. It's great that the podcast's getting out there. So what, what time is it in Australia? Uh, it's just after six in the evening. So we're basically opposite to you. You're just getting yeah. up. We're just going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> just after nine in the morning here. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. So tell us your story then, Sandy. How did you get into business? How did I get into business? You know, I was just thinking about this the other day and I, when I was at school, all I wanted to do was go down the beach. That was my happy place because we used to live in a very cold state in Australia, one of the southern states, which are very cold. And my parents decided they would sell our house. We would move to one of the warmer states, right up north. But before we did that, we travelled the world for about 10 months. So they decided to take half the money from the sale of the house. We travelled the world. We came to Scotland. We had just the best time. But when I came, when when I finally went back to school, I just lived the weekends. I loved everything to do with the beach. So what I found was many years later after I'd left school and I'd married a boy that I'd met in high school and we went out for 10 years and got married, I was making swim and gym wear. So I loved sewing. I loved the beach. I loved bright fabrics. So I just used to go down to the local discount store and I would buy all this gorgeous lycra. Then I would come home. I had my sewing machine set up in the garage and I would cut out all this fabric and sew up all these bikinis. And then I would find an empty store down by the beach and I would sell all the things that I'd made. And it was so much fun because it was all cash money and it was like play money and we'd buy some furniture or go on a holiday. One year we put in a pool. But then I got divorced and I had a three-year-old and a six-month-old. And suddenly that hobby money had to become my actual income, the only income I had. And it was not pretty. It was not enough to to live on. And I ended up $100,000 in debt and on welfare. So it was a pretty sort of scary place to be. I didn't know how things were going to change. I didn't know if it could ever change. Because think about it, I dropped out of high school in grade 11. So I didn't even finish high school. I had no connections, no one that I knew that could kind of line me up with a job or help me in any way. I didn't know anyone with any money and I didn't have any great skills. So I really kind of was floundering and was really in a a bit of a scary place. But very luckily, I discovered the law of attraction. And 
I just fell in love with it. I just completely fell in love with it. I think more than anything, the reason being was it took me away from my actual life. Like it gave me permission to spend, you know, minutes, if not hours every day, thinking about being a millionaire and thinking about the house I would live on and how I would travel and how I'd have a car that didn't leak so much that it was growing a plant in the back and how I'd be able to buy fresh flowers every week and go to the gym and go to yoga and do meditation classes and go to health retreats and just spending all that time daydreaming about all the stuff that I would do being a millionaire. It was just so much fun and I completely fell in love with everything to do with the law of attraction and I combined that with and I think this is really important for people to know combine it with taking lots of action so a lot of people kind of yeah yeah, they kind of hear about the law of attraction they think they can sit around and meditate the money into their lap but it doesn't work like that so I combined law of attraction with taking lots of inspired action and it it absolutely worked for me I went from welfare to millionaire and my absolute passion in life now is sharing all my secrets and tips and trying to empower and inspire others to to know that they can do it too it's just like anything once you know the the recipe and you put it into place and you actually follow it then you know it has to work it's universal law it's not like the universe is saying well it's going to work for you and Brenda you and Sandy you but not you over there it works for everybody so yeah it's exciting stuff for the listeners who are sitting there, maybe not in a great place, thinking that they need to do something, you know, they want to start their own business and want to grow the business that they've got there. What are the actions? What, what do you think are the, obviously the law of attraction is a big thing and you have to dream about what the goal is that you're aiming for and know why you're doing it. But what did you do? What were the first actions that you took to make it happen? Yeah, great question. And I think, you know, everyone sort of said to me, what exactly did you do? And that's like saying to someone who has lost a lot of weight, well, what exactly did you do? What exercise was the exercise that you did? And what food was the food that you ate? And it's going to work for one person, but not necessarily another. And I think that was one of the reasons that I wrote my book, How to Be Wealthy Fast, because it was filled with dozens of different processes and exercises and things you could do to keep your mind focused on the abundance you wanted. But I think in a nutshell, it really comes down to the first step you have to do is be really clear on what it is that you want. And when I say what it is that you want, let's say you're wanting to grow your business. You're not wanting to grow your business to grow your business. That's not the thing that lights you up from the inside out. Why do you want to grow your business? What's your big why? What's the reason? Is it that you want to have more time to spend with your children or that you want to be able to work less or that you want to travel or you want to you know have some amazing experience what is your big why do you actually want to grow that business why do you want to have more abundance more money in your life because when you get clear on the why what that does is it kind of it lights you up from the inside out it energetically kind of makes you more magnetic to what it is you desire because When you think about the thing that you want to create or manifest, that thought is what sends the signal, what I like to call the order out to the ears of the universe. But the emotion, the feeling has that magnetic charge and is what draws it back to you. So you've got to have that feeling behind it. So you might say, well, you know, I want my business to be more successful, but is that actually creating the energy and the excitement 
to actually allow you to attract what it is you desire. Because in your mind, you're thinking, well, I want to grow my business and I want it to be successful. But I know when I was in that situation, I'm thinking, that means I'm going to have to be working so much and I'm probably going to have staff and I hate having staff. I hate having to look after other people and I hate having to tell them what to do because I may as well just do it myself. And, you know, all these thoughts would come up and, and what if I make all this money then I'm going to have to pay all this tax? And, and so the idea of having a successful business is not what lit me up from the inside out. That actually scared me. And so if that was my focus, having a successful business, then I would never have been able to attract the prosperity to me. So my big vision was, as I said before, having a house that I could live in. So instead of renting and instead of someone being able to put up the rent or say the house is sold, you've got to move or, you know, you can't paint this wall or you can't put a nail in that wall. Like instead of someone being in charge of where I lived, I just dreamt of having a beautiful home and owning my own home and having a swimming pool and a place where I could just relax on a day bed. And, you know, that to me really lit me up. That made me excited. And as I said before, having the car instead of a car that was leaking so much, the plant was growing, having a car that I could rely on, that wouldn't break down, that would take me wherever I wanted to, whenever I wanted, that would start every time, you know, being able to do all the things that I wanted to do that's what lit me up from the inside out. So that first step for you has to be what lights you up from the inside out? Why do you want that successful business? What is the end result? Because the successful business is just a step toward what? Well, creating more money. And what's the money for? It's to do all the things that you truly desire. So when you get to that end and thinking about what you will do with the money that that successful business makes, then you're going to be much more magnetic to what it is you really desire. But not only that, you're going to think about it more. You're going to take the actions you need to more because that's going to excite you more than the thought of a successful business. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. You mentioned there the, the running the successful business, you know, running the business, that's not something that inspired you. That's something that scared you. And, you know, having staff and you didn't go from welfare to millionaire without going through that process of having to build a team and get the processes in place and build the business. I know myself and I know my clients and the listeners will be thinking, well, that's all very good, but I still need to do the, the daily grind and get through all that and deal with. So, you know, what were the challenges that you faced through that and how did you overcome them? Yeah, great question. And I guess I'm supersonically lucky that when I decided that I wanted to be a millionaire, that the internet was the thing. Like the internet was just, you know, when I think about it, it was what, about 20, almost 20 years ago when I first discovered the law of attraction. And so the internet, when you think about it, it makes me sound like someone's grandmother, but when you think about it, um, 20 years ago, it was so new and there was just not that many I guess, women, particularly building internet businesses. And so for me, I fell in love with the marketing side. Like I love to learn everything about marketing and about, you know, how to reach clients and customers. And I think the reason I loved it so much is I am an introvert. And I know so many people say, I'm an introvert. I am really an introvert. Like I would happily, like when we go into lockdown here, I'm in heaven. 
Like, I don't care. My life is exactly the same whether I'm in lockdown or not in lockdown because I love, you know, my own space. I love just diving deep into books or studying things on the internet or going through courses or, you know, sharing what I know with people online. So, you know, I love all that side of it. So for me personally, being able to build a business through the internet was such bliss. I didn't have to get out there and go to networking events, which I hated so much having to talk to people you didn't know freaked me out and so it was just so so blissful to be able to have a website put information on that website about what I offered and then people would find the website and I wouldn't have to do anything and sales would be made and it just blew my mind how that all happened so as I said I felt I was really lucky to discover the internet, to fall in love with marketing and to really apply all, of the, all that I learned when it came to marketing. Now, I have to say these days, it is a little bit of a trickier path with the whole internet marketing because there's so many options. Your head can almost be spinning out of control. You know, but I think what you really need to do is when it comes to your business, just get clear and really focus. And because there is so many different options, sometimes you need outside help. For instance, this week, I've actually hired someone who's going to help me to create an entire marketing plan for the year. Because up until this point, believe it or not, and I've been in business a while, I have winged it every single month, every year, every day. Like I have no plan in my life. I just get up, do what I feel like doing, send an email if I feel like sending it, maybe put something on social media or usually not if I feel like it. So I've decided I need to get serious and I need to have a plan. So, you know, don't think you have to know everything yourself. Hire someone that can help you do that. And I think that's the key. You know, you don't have to know it all. We're so lucky that we have the ability to reach people all around the world and, and not just necessarily high-priced um, consultants. You know, there's so many people these days on places like um, Fiverr.com where you can get someone really economically to support you and do things for you. You know, I've got a full-time virtual assistant who works in the Philippines and she is amazing and I love her. And, you know, the cost to have her full-time is so inconsequential compared to what it would be if I was hiring someone full-time here in Australia and yet she's amazing she does great work you know we work really well together so I think we're really blessed these days that we have that ability to connect with people all around the world to support us in our business and you know allow us to grow without breaking the bank basically. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Hiring people to help you do the things that you're not so skilled at. You know, okay, there's a cash investment, but the time that you save because they can do it more efficiently than you learning and, and making mistakes. And yeah, I totally Absolutely. agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember my very first hire and it was, I think I'd been kind of dabbling with wanting to start a website and I had someone build me a website and I think at that time it cost me $2,000. So, you know, that 20 years ago, that was a lot of money. But they built me this website and then I needed someone to do something with it because it's all in, and most people won't even know what this is, but it was all in HTML. So it was all this weird code that you had to, you know, kind of understand. And I hired a virtual assistant. I hired her for, I think it was 10 hours a month. And... At the time, she was exceptionally expensive. I think it was something like 
$65 an hour back then. But that was because virtual assistants and the whole virtual assistant industry was so new. Mm. Like there, there was, you know, there wasn't these days, they're everywhere. And you can find great ones at a great price, like for less than $10 an hour. But back then, virtual assistant was a very new industry and they knew things that the rest of us didn't, like HTML. So hiring her was like, it felt like a really big leap. But oh my gosh, like you said, the time that she was able to do things that might potentially, like if I wanted to change a full stop or make something bold, oh, my head almost had a complete meltdown trying to figure it out and get into the right place and put in the right code and you know, it took, completely took me away from everything that I was trying to do, whereas she could go in and do it in two seconds flat. So the time it saved me and allowed me to be focusing on other important things in my business was so much better. I mean, these days, websites are so easy because it's basically just like working in a Word document. But back then, it was stress city. <laughs> so I loved her. I loved working with her. I think she worked with me for about six years and it was great. And over the years, you know, the hours expanded. But in the end, I realized that what I was paying her was really quite expensive. So I needed to be able to, you know, take on more staff, but at a much lower cost. Yeah. What were the biggest challenges that you faced growing your business? I think my biggest challenge, and I still think it is to this day, is I am a creative person. I don't consider myself to be a business person still to this day. I'm someone who's creative, who comes up with ideas, who does stuff, often without thinking. Sometimes it works brilliantly. Sometimes it's just a big fail. So, you know, I, I think that I really, as much as I love to free flow and do what I feel like when I feel like it, I think I've come to the point where I have to grow up and have a plan and have structure and, you know, just treat my business more like a business and less like a fun adventure where I'm making money, which, you know, is great and it's fun. But I think if you really want to take your business to the next level, wherever you are now, if you want to go to the next level, you're going to do it faster and quicker if you do treat it like a business and get the support that you need to do the things that you don't know how to do. Absolutely. Great lesson for those that are listening. How did you go about building and scaling your business? Obviously, harnessing the internet back, back in the day, but yeah. Yeah, I think I was really lucky in that. I guess I sort of set boundaries when it came to my business. So one of my very early ideas, I woke up one morning with the name Wildly Wealthy Women in my head. And I just jumped straight online and I registered the domain name without even knowing what I was going to do with it. But it just sounded like a really catchy name, Wildly Wealthy Women. So registered the domain name. And then a few months later, I told the woman I was working with at the time, we'd kind of gone into this partnership. She was a, a very practical person when it came to money. Like, what is it? Accountant, financial planner, asset protection, tax, like all that really what I call the boring stuff around money, but <laughs> very important, but you know, it doesn't light my fire. So she was that, and I was into the whole mindset thing. So I actually said to her, you know, I think we should create this program where you teach all the practical and I'll teach the mindset and we'll come together a few times a year and have these wildly wealthy women's wicked weekends and 
you know, the women will be able to learn stuff and we'll do mindset stuff and we'll do beach walks and we'll do yoga. And so basically we launched this program and we had something like 750 women join in the first few months. And this was a an almost $3,000 program. So that's, you know, it was close to $2 million made. It was just an idea that came to my head. So I realized very early on I needed to set boundaries because the emails that would come in from members asking questions that everyone else was asking and it was just out of control. So, and I still do this to this very day. The second someone asks a question, I create an FAQ page and I start to list the questions and list the answers. And over time, what you do is every time someone asks a question, before you send them an email, I would put the question and answer on the FAQ page and say, well, make sure you check the FAQ page before you ask me. And so over time, we build up a big bank. And so people stop asking questions. They just train to go and look on the FAQ page. And even I you know, used to say to my team, don't answer the question because everyone likes to be nice and they want to answer the question. But I said, what you're doing in that moment is you're not teaching people responsibility to look for themselves. You're teaching them to always come to you, which means it's always, you're always going to be busy answering questions that are already have already been answered. So that's one of the things I learned to do very quickly is just, and I guess it's because, not because I'm lazy, but I can't stand answering questions, the same questions all the time. And like, it drives me insane. So it's like, you know, doing things like that. So you need to think about your own business and think about, you know, in that situation, it was obviously women in a mentoring program and, and you know, as part of a community, part of a, a membership program. But in your own business, think about where you can make it easy for your potential clients and customers because you don't, and you'll probably see this on, you know, on my website, on any of my sales pages, I always have an FAQ and I always try to answer all the questions in there ahead of time. And if I do a video on a particular product or program, I always have, you know, questions in there that people will potentially ask because I figure if it's on one person's mind, it's going to be on lots of people's minds. So your potential clients and customers, why not answer those questions ahead of time so they don't have all those barriers up as to whether they're going to go ahead and buy your product or service or program or whatever it is you're offering make it easy for people and you know that's part of I guess me just initially starting just to put up boundaries and train people how to interact with me but I found it really helpful with actually making sales as well. That's a valuable lesson because in the early days it can be very tempting just to do everything you can for the customer because you want the customers and you want a good relationship. And that can really impact on your, you know, on your life and your family time and your downtime and your mental health, I think, as well. So yeah. totally, because I remember at the very start, you know, I was like that, but it only lasted literally a couple of weeks. And I realized I can't do this. I'm I, because being an introvert, having so much coming at me all the time, I just felt completely like I was just going to like lose it. I just couldn't hold myself together. So that was why boundaries went up straight away, put things in place to, to give me my space, not just, you know, physical space, but my mental space. So yeah, it, you really need to do that. And, and like you say, when people are starting, and this happens a lot with 
the people that I train. So for instance, I run a, an international life coach training academy. So I train and internationally certify people to be law of attraction coaches. And I always say to them, you know, when you're starting out, I know you want to do everything for your clients and you want to answer all the questions and you might have a coaching session booked with your client and you'll want to go longer and you want to keep answering their questions and keep supporting them. And I said, that doesn't serve anyone. You know, you might think you're helping people by doing things for a bit longer or spending more time, but how do you know that that hour that they've put aside in their mind mentally, they've set it aside, they're all ready, they've got other things planned, and you think by spending that little bit of extra time with them, you're helping them, but in their mind, they might be feeling like, I should be going and picking up the kids, or I'm supposed to be doing that, I'm supposed to do something else, and, and you don't know what's going on in their life, so you know, even with something as simple as that, when you've got a, a session or um, a time booked with clients, keep to exactly what it is that you said, because you don't know what everyone else has planned around that time in their own life. And sometimes people are too polite to say anything, but you kind of ruin that moment for them because in the back of their mind, they're thinking, I've got to get going, but they don't want to say anything. So yeah, time is really important. Boundaries for yourself and when interacting with your clients too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Sandy, who have been your biggest supporters through your entrepreneurial journey? Gosh, my biggest supporters. I th- I don't think anyone, you know, I know that sounds terrible, but for me, I found that my, my parents were not brought up to be entrepreneurial at all. So yes, they both worked and they both worked very hard. My mum worked from, you know, my entire life. I remember her working. They were both very hard working. But that whole entrepreneurial journey, I think they thought I was insane for not just taking a job. And every time I did something, my dad, he's, he still does it to this very day. Instead of saying, oh, good on you. That's great. Well, that's amazing. Wonder how that'll work out. He always just shakes his head and says, you're a worry. That's almost his way of praising me. When I do something, he shakes his head and says, oh, you're a worry. <laughs> and, you know, so I've really had to, I guess, go it alone. The, the people that do support me, though, and do keep me going, my entrepreneurial girlfriends. So, you know, they're the ones that understand what I'm going through. They're the ones that understand because they're going through it themselves. They're the ones that I love talking about business, talking about, you know, ideas. And the other thing that I really found really helpful when I was starting out was I loved going to events. I loved going to seminars. I loved being in an environment where there was someone on the stage, there was no distractions because you're there for one reason and you're listening to someone and you're learning from them and then you're in a room full of like-minded people. I still to this day love going to events if I can. I used to, prior to all the craziness that's happening now, I used to love going to events in America and I would literally leave Australia on a Friday morning. Because of the time difference, I would arrive on a Friday morning in the US and I would go to the like check in register go to the event Friday Saturday Sunday and I'd fly out Sunday night fly back to Australia and uh, you know I would just get so much out of three-day events I loved it and one of the people that really inspired me was Mark Victor Hansen so he's the guy that wrote the chicken soup for the soul Mm. him and, and Jack Canfield and they've sold, oh, I think it's I think it's half a billion books now. That is a lot of books. But he inspired me so much because 
I remember going to an event and it was an internet marketing event, actually. And I think it was in Atlanta, Georgia. And it was all men talking about internet marketing. But for some reason, they had him there talking about, I think it was books. And I remember him talking and then he would start down one track and then he'd get sidetracked and be talking about something else. And then he'd swing back around and his mind was all over the shop. And I remember listening to him and watching him and thinking, oh, my gosh. He's a male version of my brain. Like, he's, he doesn't know how to stay on track. He's not organised. He's not structured. If he can do it, then I can do it. And I remember being so excited and so inspired by the fact that you didn't need to be this logical, structured, serious, professional person to actually go out there and create success and so he was a real inspiration for me and you know I remember just going to his events multiple times a year I actually joined his um, inner circle program at one stage and we both went to Africa and went on safari and that was the most amazing thing because for two and a half weeks I'm in this tiny little minivan with Mark Victor Hansen and yes it was a holiday and yes you know my kids were there and we had a great time and there was other people in the inner circle but it was like you had this because he's just full-on always sharing ideas and stories and he's very creative and comes up with the most amazing ideas and thoughts and he was always sharing them so it was just it was the best holiday ever because it's like you know a combination of business and adventure and fun and yeah, really great. So Mark Victor Hansen has been a, a huge influence in my life. And one of the things that he taught me, which I still to this day am so grateful for, is that if you can write a book, do it, because your book is your big business card. And I have used that strategy. Honestly, writing my book changed my business, changed my life. Because when I wrote my book, suddenly there's this thing about books that People think of you differently. Mm -hmm. Like, think about it. Anyone could actually write a book. I mean, it's hard work, yes, but anyone could actually do it. And so there are so few people that actually have that everyone else looks at you as if you're, you've done something really amazing and you're a published author. Like, it's a big deal. And it is a big deal. But you're still the same person. You've just put some stuff down on to paper. And, and suddenly it's like this big thing. And if you learn how to write a book properly in a way that continually throughout the chapters draws people back to your website, which is exactly how I wrote it, it is my business card. So I know that if someone buys the book on Amazon and never seen or heard of me before, then they're potentially going to come back to my website. If they buy the book in a secondhand shop, if they're given the book as a gift, if they find it in the street, doesn't matter what it is, when they read the book, they're going to be drawn back to my website because I've written in such a way that it's got all these freebies littered throughout it that if they come back and give me their name and their email, I'll give them something for free. So, you know, when you write it the right way, it does become your big business card. It opens so many doors of opportunity and, you know, it really can transform your business. And I definitely found that with me. And as I said, that's what I learned from Mark Victor Hansen. Use your book as your big business card. Oh, that's brilliant to hear. I'm in the early stages. I'm putting it out there now to the, the listeners. I'm in the early stages of writing a book myself. So, uh, oh, yeah, it's hard work, but yeah, it should be worth it in the end. Good to hear that it'll be worth it in the end. Yeah, totally, that's totally. good. So, yeah, what are your ambitions for the future then, Sandy? 
Ambitions for the future. Well, the number one thing that I want to happen <laughs> is I want Australia to let us out of the country and then let us back in. <laughs> I love travel. <laughs> like I've traveled to over 52 countries and travel is my my bliss. I, I love it. You know, I'm either at home being an absolute introvert or I'm traveling the world. And I really have a hankering to get to Ireland again. I went there decades and decades ago and I just really feel drawn to it I want to go and trek the El Camino I want to you know there's all these places around the world I still want to get to so I can't wait to do that so I'm just kind of knuckling down in business at the moment and and really trying to reach more women around the world I know that you know I've been able to transform my life through the law of attraction and through building my own business. And so my hope is that I continue to do that, inspire and empower women all around the world to do the same. So that's what I'm really focusing on now, seeing as I can't travel anywhere. But, you know, my goal is really, I'd love to write some more books. But as you say, it's hard work. You know, it is hard work. I feel really blessed that I wrote my first book. It really came out of doing webinars. So, you know, I was teaching a course that I taught one hour a week for four weeks and then I added more information it was one hour a week for six weeks and then I added more information it was one hour a week for eight weeks and then I added more and then it was one hour a week for 10 weeks and then 12 weeks and at 12 weeks I thought I can't keep expanding this course I've got to take everything I know and just put it into a book so I just took all the notes from the course and just kind of structured it all so it flowed and that's how the book was written which is so much easier than actually sitting down with a blank screen and a computer and trying to write (laughs) (laughs) that's hard work (laughs) so yeah more books are on the horizon definitely Awesome. And Can't retreats, wait. retreats. So this is the other thing that I've actually started again. I used to hold retreats many years ago, but I've just started holding retreats. My first one for many years is coming up weekend after next, and they're called business bliss retreats. And they're so much fun because previously I've only done business. So we just focus on business and strategy and you know a little bit of mindset. But this retreat, oh my gosh, talk about fun. So we've got chakra balancing and we've got crystal bowl sessions and we've got meditation and visualization and quantum healing and massage and yoga and all the fun stuff. So it's like, I want to hold retreats every couple of months and I can't wait till the world opens up and I can start to have um, people from all around the world come as well. It's going to be great. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, Mm. I can't wait till I can make it. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's at my house too. It's at my beautiful oasis. And you get to sort of see wild kangaroos come and graze on the grass every afternoon. So yeah, lots of fun. Beautiful. Beautiful. So we're both women with a cause to help other women. I started the Scale Her Up podcast because here in the UK, only one in three business owners are female. Yeah, I read that. I read that. And I was like, wow, that's amazing that men are five times more likely to scale their business to over a million than women are so what can we do to support other women in business sandy to sort of bring about a revolution there turn that around i i think it really starts with mindset i think you know and and i hate to generalize but i really believe that going back to caveman days we were wired 
to be the nurturers. We were wired to, to be, you know, the community, hold the community together. And the men were wired to go out there and, you know, slay the woolly mammoth and bring home the, the food. And so we've got to kind of, even though like it's a gazillion years past that, we're still kind of hardwired to not really get out there and do the doing. And if we do a lot of the doing, we get overwhelmed and we get burnt out and it all becomes like too much. So I think we've just got to understand that, yes, we can do some of the doing, but hey, we're all about attracting. Men are about doing and women are about attracting. We need to do more of that in our business. So yes, take action every single day. And this is one of the things that I teach people in my programs is that it's about aligning body, mind and spirit. So it's not about sitting there meditating, expecting the money to drop into your lap, but it's also not about just doing all the time. And you've got to align body, mind and spirit. So your thoughts, your feelings and your actions. So you've got to think about what it is that you truly desire. Spend time in that place, imagining the ideal, imagining your life exactly like you want it to be. And then you want to feel that beautiful picture with feelings as if it's already happened. So they're the thoughts, thinking about how it is, feeling as if it's already done, it's already manifested, you've already attracted it, and then taking inspired action every day. So taking action consistently, because without the action, you're not going to actually get what it is that you want, or it's going to be a lot harder. So I love that quote in the book, The Science of Getting Rich. So Wallace Waddles wrote that book back in 1910. So over what is that I'm not good with math <laughs> it's over 100 years 110, 110 yeah. years <laughs> so he wrote that book way back then very old language but that book was actually one of the books that inspired the movie The Secret and in that book he says by thought the thing you desire is brought to you but by action you receive it which means by thought, like you have that thought and you send that order out into the universe and you feel as if it's already happened and it comes back to you, but it's still in the metaphysical. It still hasn't manifested into your reality. So by thought, the thing you desire is brought to you, but it's sitting there in the metaphysical and by action, you receive it. So by action, it turns from the metaphysical into the actual physical and but you have to take action. You have to you know, make that phone call or write up that blog post or connect with that potential client. You've got to do something to actually make the dream that you want to come true happen. You can't just sit there and, you know, visualize it into being. You've got to take action. Fantastic. Yes, that book, <laughs> it's here. It's in my head, mm -hmm. but I, yeah. I need to take the action to, to get it in my hands. Yes. A valuable lesson for me there I'm sure for the the listeners as well I, I learned a very valuable question in interview technique from the amazing Michael Heppel I don't know if you're familiar with him but he asks at the end of an interview is there anything that I should have asked you that I haven't asked anything oh that you would like gosh. to add anything I'd like to add I think the number one thing I want the listeners to really get is that you know, when people hear of my story of going from welfare to millionaire, they either think, oh, she's really lucky, or they think, 
oh, that's because of, and they think of a reason why, like, you know, I had some special skill or I don't know what they think. But it's like, you know, as I said before, I dropped out of high school. I didn't even finish high school. No skills, no contacts, no nothing. So I figure if I have been able to take the law of attraction and I've been able to really just grab onto it with both hands and really just not just learn about it, but live it, apply it consistently. And if I've been able to completely turn my life around, then anyone can. And it's just like anything. You know, someone says they want to lose weight and they buy the exercise books and they buy all the gym gear and they even buy a membership, but they're sitting around at home thinking about it, then nothing's going to happen. Well, it's the same with manifesting, the same with the law of attraction, the same with creating success. You can learn all about it. You can learn about the law of attraction. You can learn about manifesting. You can learn about business success. You can learn about marketing. But unless you actually put it all together and take action, then nothing's going to happen. So, you know, I think the reason I was successful, it's not that I'm so different than anyone else. It's just that I continued to take action, even when I made stupid mistakes, which, you know, we all, I just continued to, I didn't give up. I didn't, a lot of people, when something goes wrong, it's like, oh, it's a sign. I shouldn't be doing this. It's like, you know, that's just a cop out. It's like, <laughs> keep taking action. Keep doing, keep, you'll figure it out. You'll, you'll eventually figure out what works if you keep taking action. But when you stop and you give up, that's when nothing happens. So yeah, you just got to persist, persist until you succeed. That's my I got that out of another book, Og Mandino, The Greatest Salesman in the World. I love that he, the one chapter in his book is, I will persist until I succeed. And I remember reading that book and you're supposed to read a chapter, I think every day for a, a month, but I got stuck on that chapter for months on end because I just loved it. I love the fact that in there he said, you know, success might be just around the next corner. It's just one step away. You don't want to stop before you get there. And that's what really allowed me to keep going. Even when I thought things weren't working out, things weren't going to happen, I just continued to persist because I knew that maybe success was just that one extra step ahead or just around the corner. And I just didn't want to give up just before it appeared. So I just kept going all the time. And persistence can really be a key to success. Fantastic. What a brilliant message to end on. Don't give up. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Sandy, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Well, it's thank you great. for inviting thank me, Brenda. You. And I, I love the fact that you're doing what you're doing. You're inspiring women you know, on the opposite side of the world to me, but you're inspiring women to really know that they can go out there and they can create success and they can do it. And there are other women out there cheering them on and supporting them. So thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur's show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and please join our Facebook community at Scale Her Up. Please connect with me, Brenda Hector, on social media and drop me a message to let me know you're enjoying the podcasts or even better, pop a wee review on iTunes. I'm going to finish by reminding you, only one in three UK entrepreneurs are female and men are five times more likely to scale their business to over one million in turnover than women. If we started and scaled our businesses to the same extent as men, it would add 250 billion to the UK economy and provide millions of jobs. Ladies, you can do it and we're going to make a massive difference. Mm -hmm.